Hey there, and welcome to the Digital Nomad Life Podcast. I'm your host, Krista, aka Krista Bella Travels on Instagram and TikTok. That's where you can find me for lots of content, tips, reflections on the digital nomad life. I'm able to talk about this topic endlessly, 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 because I've been a digital nomad myself for the past almost decade. I've met hundreds, if not thousands of other digital nomads, and I actually now coach people into becoming digital nomads themselves. So if you've been listening to my podcast and you're like, I need more, then I encourage you to hit me up at actually my private Instagram account, Christabella Travels Coaching. And let's talk about how we can or how I can help you change your entire life right? Let's go. You might not need coaching. Maybe all you need is this podcast. And that is my motivation for making it. I wanted to create some content to enlighten the masses because digital nomad life is way more fun when there's more of us. So today I'm tackling the biggest topic that I get asked about. It's the juiciest. It's uh, pretty vulnerable. And I've got a lot of thoughts about it. It is all about money. How much money does it cost to be a digital nomad? How much money can you make as a digital nomad? How much money do you need saved as a digital nomad? How much money do most digital nomads make? How much money do the top digital nomads make? How much money do broke digital nomads make, but how do they still make it happen? How much does it cost to live in different countries and etc. as a digital nomad? So I got a lot to say on this topic. This might be a long one, but it's going to be juicy. Buckle up. All right, let's dive in to the top question, which is how much does it cost to be a digital nomad? Now, this is kind of a loaded question because cost of living varies so greatly depending on where you are. And it also depends on what kind of lifestyle you want to enjoy. Being a digital nomad doesn't necessarily mean that you're living in any particular way, by the way. All actually being a digital nomad means is that you are making money from your laptop. And you could make money from your laptop from your bed, from your living room, from your kitchen. You could make it from the cafe down the street. You could make it from your aunt's house. You could make money from Spain. You could make money from the Grand Canyon, you could make money from wherever. As long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, then you can make money from there if you're a digital nomad. And in other episodes, we can talk about digital nomad jobs. Here, we're just talking about how much are you going to spend as a digital nomad. So again, the answer is first, it depends on where you go. Now, one of the reasons why being a digital nomad is so appealing to a lot of people is that you can do something called currency arbitrage, which is when you make money in a stronger currency and then you go live most of the year or the majority of your life in a country with a weaker currency. I happen to be taking advantage of this where, you know, I make my money in American dollars, but I spend the majority of my year in Bali, Indonesia. By the way, Bali, Indonesia is such a great destination for digital nomads. There's a massive community out there, and I'd even go as far to say as Changu, Bali specifically, is like the digital nomad Mecca. And I think the cost of living is one of the reasons why so many nomads flock there. They're definitely not flocking there because of the convenient time zone, you know what I mean? They're flocking there because, again, the community, the beach is great, there's mountains, there's spirituality. Bali offers a lot, 
But one of the undeniably amazing things about Bali is that it's cheap, right? You can get a beautiful accommodation for $1,000 a month in the hottest area of the entire island. And if you want to go outside of the hottest area of the entire island, you can easily find accommodation for a couple hundred bucks a month. Granted, you might be pretty outside and you might be in more basic accommodation, but you're still going to be probably in the middle of a beautiful rice field and life's going to be just great. So yeah, rent is super affordable. Food is extremely affordable. You can get really, really, really nice food for, you know, in a, in a nice fancy restaurant for say under $8 for a full meal with a coffee and maybe even a juice. Or if you want to eat locally, you can easily get away with eating for under a dollar. So when you say, how much does it cost to be a digital nomad? Well, I say, how much does it cost to be a digital nomad in Bali? You can get away with spending $2,000 a month. Now, what if you want to be a digital nomad in New York City? Yikes, totally different story. What if you want to be a digital nomad in Norway? Eek, <laughs> yikes, Norway is like one of the most expensive places I've ever been. I was so sticker shocked. And uh, yeah, basically, I remember at the time I had been having a rule for myself that I wouldn't spend more than $50 a night on accommodation ever. When I was traveling as a new digital nomad and I was staying in hostels, I was used to spending like $15 a night on accommodation. Anyway, got to Norway and at that point I was like comfortable spending maybe $50 to $100 a night. That seemed reasonable for me in like, you know, shared Airbnbs. The only thing I could find for $100 was a metal bed in an eight-bedroom dorm room in Oslo. <laughs> So yeah, needless to say, if you wanted to have a nice lifestyle in Norway and be a digital nomad there, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. I don't know how much because I never really allowed myself to explore that possibility because I got there and I was like, yeah, I think that I'd rather not spend $30 on a bowl of soup in a cafe. Anyway, the thing is, it just depends on where you go, right? That's the point I'm trying to make. And what's cool about being a digital nomad is that when you're free and you're not necessarily tethered to any one particular country, you could go spend six months a year in a really affordable place like Bali or like Medellin, Colombia. That's another really great, super affordable digital nomad destination um, that also has a great nomad community. Chiang Mai, Thailand is another really affordable digital nomad destination that has a great community there as well. And there are lots of places around the world. And that's not what this episode is about. It's I'm not here to give you the cheapest destinations, although I did just name drop three. I'm also not here to tell you that, you know, you could go spend a lot of money in London or in Paris or in Barcelona, like, you know, all those things. So just think about it. If you're wondering how much does it cost to be a digital nomad, think about how you want to live your life, where you want to live your life, and how much money you think you need to be comfortable. Now, if you're wondering, okay, well, the only way that I know how to travel is by staying in a hotel. Well, I'm here to tell you that there are other ways, definitely. You can go into Airbnb and you can, you know, input your dates for an entire month. And usually when you do a long-term stay like that on Airbnb, the host gives you a great discount because it's so much less work for the host to only have one guest the entire time. Also, when you tap into a digital nomad community, like if you go to any of these destinations, you'll probably meet other digital nomads. That's a great way for you to say, hey, 
hey, new friend, um, you want to go to this country with me for the next two months? Do you want to share accommodation? And uh, hopefully that's something that you're able to take advantage of, like new digital nomad friends. Being a digital nomad is definitely much more affordable when you're sharing costs with a friend. And that's why I do really encourage new digital nomads to seek out um, community-based destinations, at least at the beginning of their journey, and then go to the more off-the-beaten-path destinations once you have other people that share your lifestyle and are able to um, keep up with you and stay. And just to wrap up this point, I think I didn't finish making the point, but yeah, if you want to go spend six months in a country like a country like Indonesia, go to an island in Bali, and then maybe you want to spend three months in Medellin, Colombia, you've still got three months of the year left to go spend what you didn't spend in those cheaper destinations in London, in Singapore, in Hong Kong, etc. When you're living in one city, when you're not a digital nomad and you're paying your rent every single month, then basically you're committed to paying that rent. And when you go somewhere else, you're paying that rent and paying for accommodation on top of it. But when you're a nomad and you've put all your stuff in storage and you're actually just living out of your suitcase or, you know, you've figured out a way to maybe Airbnb out your home while you're traveling, now you're hopefully not doubling up rent and accommodation. You're actually only spending money on accommodation. And again, I just gave you a bunch of ways that you can save money on accommodation. So I think, I hope that that answers your question, how much does it cost to be a digital nomad? Or maybe at least you now can feel more empowered to figure out how much a digital nomad life might cost for you. Because I'll tell you one thing, when I first started being a digital nomad and I had zero money saved, like literally none, and I was traveling in Colombia and I was sleeping in a dorm for two months, I was spending a whole lot less than I spend now. Literally, I think now I might spend in a week what I used to spend as a digital nomad at the beginning of my journey, but I make a whole lot more money now than I did at the beginning. And I guess that leads me into the next part of this episode, which is how much do digital nomads make? The question, how much do digital nomads make, is also a pretty loaded question that is hard to answer in a straightforward way. And actually, I'm questioning you as the asker. Um, if you're curious how much do digital nomads make, I'm, I guess, still a little bit concerned that you're not quite sure what being a digital nomad really means. Again, it doesn't mean that you're doing any specific thing. It doesn't mean that you're in any specific place. All it means is that you're making money from your laptop and you're probably taking advantage of your location independence by relocating every once in a while. The real question here is what kind of digital nomad job, what kind of digital nomad business do you want to have? And then you're going to figure out how much does that specific genre of digital nomads make? But that's also a loaded question. And there's a lot of information on Indeed and what is the other website? You know, salaryglassdoor.com, those websites where you can look up the salaries of particular careers. And honestly, there you go. That's your answer. That's how much a digital nomad in sales makes. That's how much a digital nomad social media manager makes. That's how much a digital nomad web designer or whatever makes. 
I mean, that data might be a little bit skewed because it's mostly serving employees and not all digital nomads are employees. Some are, definitely some digital nomads are remote workers, teleworkers that are just able to sign in to their office anywhere in the world. I used to be that person. I was actually that person for four years. I just took my laptop all around and I would check in with my boss and whatever. And I got paid a steady salary. I had a 401k. I had benefits, all the things. And now I work for myself. So it's just a totally different thing. And I think a lot of digital nomads do work for themselves. And that information is probably not as public. So if digital nomads work for themselves, it's like, what the heck are they doing out there? <laughs> and a lot of them are freelancers. A lot of digital nomads are freelancers. A lot of digital nomads are um, independent consultants or contractors. They might also be virtual assistants. They might be web designers. They might be video editors. They might be photographers. They might be someone who has an e-commerce shop. It might be someone who learns, like knows how to do SEO specifically for Etsy or et cetera. Like there's so many things that a digital nomad can do working on their own. So if you're curious how much digital nomads make, the actual thing to research is, again, think about what your career path is, what you want to do as a digital nomad, and then look up the salary data or income data for those particular kind of people, and that will help you get a better understanding. We really can't give a ballpark estimate that most digital nomads, actually, I feel like it was maybe an article in Forbes that said that most digital nomads make under $50,000 a year. I just feel like that data is so unfair because it's probably written to discourage people from leaving their offices and trying to go pursue a life of freedom or whatever the motivation is behind it. It's just either way, it is unfair, I think, because it's probably written to discourage people from leaving their offices and trying to go pursue a life of freedom or whatever the motivation is behind it. It's just either way, it is unfair, I think, because it's just a stupid data point. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like saying people that work make this much money. It's like, yeah, you're including every McDonald's employee and maybe that's not relevant to the reader. So again, you just think about what it is that you want to do as a digital nomad and look up the salary data for that. I will say that um, I made vastly different amounts of money in my career as a remote worker and as someone who worked abroad. So um, you guys can go back and listen to the, my very first episode in this podcast, which is how I got started as a digital nomad. And you'll hear that my very first career, uh, my first role, I was working, actually, I was a little bit less of a nomad, I still roll it into like my full years abroad, because that's really when my learnings about digital nomading began. Anyway, I was working in an office in Thailand. And I was making $24,000 a year. And that was crazy to me, because when I was living in New York City, this is back in like 2010. Okay, so inflation. But yeah, back in 2010, I was making $45,000 a year. And I was living in New York City. I was totally living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, it was just very hand to mouth kind of kind of feel. Um, I really wanted to travel. I just always felt like I had not enough money to do that. My apartment wasn't that nice. And uh, 
I just kind of had this like broke ass lifestyle in New York City. But I was young and it was fun. Anyway, moved to Thailand. And even though I'm making literally half that, suddenly I was able to afford an apartment on the 27th floor of a high rise building with a gym and a pool and a concierge and a library because it was $300 a month. And I was able to hop on an airplane and fly every single weekend to the most gorgeous destinations on the planet because they were only an hour away and flights were like $10. And then I was able to eat at really nice restaurants because it was like $10 a meal. And I was just living this absolutely baller life in Thailand that I was certainly not used to coming from my hand-to-mouth situation in New York City where I was making twice as much. So again, how much digital how much do digital nomads make and how much money does it cost? It just it's so incredibly relative. The next role, the role that I had, I did some freelancing things here and there, but the next official role that I had was working at a tech startup which was US based and it was completely remote and um yeah, that was the majority of when I lived strictly out of my suitcase and traveled to most destinations that I've been to. So was really moving very quickly, traveling all around the world. And there I was making about $65,000 per year. And that for me was like totally enough. At first, because I had come from Thailand and again, I just didn't have any money saved. I was again, living hand to mouth. I had to wait for a couple of paychecks in order to feel comfortable spending decent money like on an Airbnb. So I was living in hostels for $8 a night at first. And then as I started spending more time in less expensive destinations, like I did six months in South America, Peru, no, Ecuador is a very affordable destination as well. So as I was making my like 65K salary, I was now starting to save some money. I also realized that the slower I traveled, like the less big flights that I needed, And the longer that I would be able to stay in different accommodations and the more I was able to start living like a local, like having a kitchen and making my own breakfast and stuff like that, the farther my money stretched and the richer I felt. Because by the way, being rich is all about how you feel. It's not about the number in the bank account. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Today, I live in Bali, Indonesia, and I am making like four times as much as I was making at my last job working for myself. I didn't start off making this much money, of course, as a coach. But yeah, my business is projected to hit half a million dollars in the next year and which is super exciting. I love it. I love my business. I'm so eager and excited to work on it. And uh, it really feels good that I get to help so many people with it. But anyway, I'm, you know, I'm projected to hit some high figures and I'm living in a really affordable destination. So making half a million dollars in Bali, Indonesia is a very different experience than making that much money in New York City. You know what? Maybe I'd be able to, well, I would probably live a great life in New York City if that's the amount of money that I was making, but I wouldn't be saving as much. And I probably wouldn't be in a position where I could be like, you know what? I could actually buy a nice big house in a couple of years if I keep up this earnings versus spendings situation. I hope that answers the question. Um, But there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about with money, which is actually super, 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 super freaking duper important that I make sure I dive into with every single one of my coaching clients. And you, dear listener, are being rewarded with hearing it 
because you've stuck with me through this whole podcast and you deserve to hear what I'm about to say. And that is that your relationship with money is going to drastically affect every aspect of your digital nomad life. And you may be listening to this, scratching your head, being like, my relationship with money? I didn't know I had a relationship with money. I didn't know you could have a relationship with money. I thought I could only have relationships with other humans. But no, no, no. It's basically the way that you relate to money. But because money is such a significant element of the human experience, we do have a relationship with it. And we can improve our relationship with money. We can have a toxic relationship with money. We can have a great, really, we can have a beautiful, healthy relationship with money. And I want you, listener, to take a moment and just see how these words that I'm saying resonate with you. Do you have a toxic relationship with money? Do you feel that you are in a healthy relationship with money? Do you feel that you are comfortable making a lot of money? Do you feel that you don't need money? Do you feel that you only need so much money? Do you feel like you're someone who's definitely going to make a ton of money in this lifetime? Or do you feel like you're someone who's probably going to be broke ass forever and you've kind of just accepted it? Do you feel like you're someone who has a hard time asking for money? Do you feel like you're someone who has a really easy time talking about money? Do you feel that money is taboo? Or do you feel that money is a, a topic that's unfairly taboo? Where do you fall in that spectrum? And what's the answer for you? Maybe you've never had these questions asked to you so pointedly, but that's what I'm here for as your podcast coach. <laughs> as a digital nomad coach, I, I do ask a lot of pointed questions and having my clients go into their relationship with money is the absolute most important prerequisite. And in fact, I literally will not work with any client who doesn't read the required reading that they must do before they work with me. It's this book called You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I'll say it again because if you're listening to this, get this book. You must read it and then listen to this podcast again. This book is so eye-opening to introduce you to the concept that you do have a relationship with money and that it can change. You could have grown up in an environment where money was evil or money was hard to come by or money caused a lot of stress on your parents' faces. Money was a topic that your parents fought over all the time. Money was something that you didn't have a lot of. Money was something that your parents always wanted but didn't have. Or maybe you grew up in an environment where there was always enough money and therefore because there was so much you never learned how to spend it properly and you didn't know how to make your own. So there's all different kinds of um, ways that you could have learned about money when you were very young that are 100% most definitely running your belief systems about how possible it is for you to afford being a digital nomad. Because as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, affordability is like, well, it depends on where you go and how much money you make. Well, it depends on what you do. And if you are a digital nomad web designer and 
Sarah is also a digital nomad web designer. And Sarah grew up knowing that she was worthy of money, that she was destined to be rich. Guess what Sarah's going to do when it comes time to price her services as a web designer? She's going to know her worth and she's going to charge high ticket prices. And therefore, when clients come knocking on her door, wondering if they can work with her, she's going to say, this is my price, take it or leave it. And they're going to be like, damn, this girl's confident. Okay, we trust her and they're going to pay her. But you, if you're also a web designer, let's say you have the same exactly equivalent skills as Sarah, or maybe you're even more talented, but you're just a little bit less confident and you grew up thinking that it was wrong to charge people high ticket prices because everybody else is broke and you don't want to hurt anybody, then guess how you're going to price your services? You're going to lowball yourself and you're going to accept money that's probably less than you actually deserve probably less than you actually want, but you're going to tell yourself that this price is totally okay because that's what your subconscious programming is teaching you is okay. And guess who's ultimately going to make more money in the end? Definitely Sarah, because not only is Sarah charging more money, but she's standing confidently in her worth and her clients trust her more. Whereas you are saying, Ooh, I really hope my client is okay with paying me this little amount of money. And uh, please like, we can work together. Oh, sure. I'll discount my prices. No problem. I don't need to make that much money. And then your client's going to be like, why is this person discounting their services? Are they even any good? And maybe they actually go and give their business to Sarah. So that's why your relationship with money is going to actually affect everything to do with your digital nomad life. And just for the record, if you're starting off and you ain't got no money and you're brand new and your freelancing career or whatever, do know that again, there are extremely affordable destinations all around the world that you can visit and um, you can figure it out. You might be roughing it a little bit just like I did, but hey, staying in hostels is fun and you meet so many people and I actually feel like when you're kind of broke, you have way more adventures because you don't have money to just lean on to like solve the problem. So I have less adventures now that I make more money. But I'm also older now and I don't know how old you are listening to this podcast, but I guarantee you that you can figure out the money thing. It's just what's your relationship with your self-worth? But that's a topic for another day. Anyway, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to hear from you at uh, my, again, private Instagram account, Christabella Travels Coaching. My normal Christabella Travels account, I get inundated with DMs every once in a while and I just don't get back to people as often as I should. But the Christabella Travels Coaching, that one is, I'm on point. So I will get back to you. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Let me know what resonated with you, if you have any other episode requests. And let me know if you're curious about digital nomad coaching. If you're still here, um, I host a VIP program twice a year and um, you and I develop a deep personal relationship in that program. Actually, you can learn all about it in my episode called What It's Like to Be Coached by Me. So I encourage you to give that a listen and I hope that we'll be in touch. Hope you learned a lot. Hope you're inspired. Hope you're excited. And I hope you follow your dreams because you deserve it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the other side.